the Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid, laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. morning. How are you? Good. That's nice. Tired. Yep. It's that summer lull you get sometimes, isn't it? That's okay. That happens. I've got a question for you. Do you remember a few months ago, think way, 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 way back to when it wasn't so hot and you were still in school, some of you, and all that kind of good stuff. Think way back. I asked you what you were best at. It's been a long time. So if you remember, great. If you don't, just answer the question right now. What are you best at? Um, reading. Reading. Awesome. Math. Making books. Making books. Cool. What else? Imagination. Using your imagination. Awesome. Basketball. Nice. And speaking very quietly. Lots of cool things. Have you ever tried sharing what you're best at? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you can share what's going on up here. You can share some of the stuff you read. You can help people with math. You can teach others basketball and be on a team and help others with basketball. You can read to other people. So many different kinds of opportunities. It is hard to share. And it's hard to share a lot of these. 
Let me ask you a question. Do you share what you're best at all the time? Do you share what you're best at some of the time? Do you share what you're best at like never? All right. So we're kind of like some of the time and never, somewhere in between those. Today we have a story of someone who's rich. Well, it's a parable, actually. So Jesus is telling us a story to teach us something, all right? So he tells us a story about a rich man, and he gets a ton of stuff uh, out of the fields that he has. And so if you ever had a garden or you work on a farm or anything else like that, there can be a ton of produce that comes in all at the same time. And there was so much that he didn't have a place to put it all, which was a lot, right? And so he thought, what can I do with all this stuff? I got an idea. I'm going to store all of it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear down my storage sheds and my barns and everything. I'm going to build bigger ones. I'm going to fill them up. And then basically, I'm going to take it easy for the rest of my life, right? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to have to work. I, maybe I can sell some of the stuff and get money. money. Maybe I can't. But I'm not going to have to work for a long time. I'm going to rest, uh, eat, drink, and be merry. Sounds fun, doesn't it? However, in this story, God calls this person a fool. Why would this person be foolish? Because he has too much money. He has too much. Yeah. And he should should give it to the poor. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, we can all go home now. That's right. (laughs) He He doesn't need it. He wants it. Yeah, he, he doesn't need it. He wants it. Yeah. And if he um, puts all his money in building, building these bigger things, he might not have enough money for food. Why, Maybe. Why yeah, he's not getting married. They, they said he's already rich, though. Like, yeah. that's the thing. He has, I think, I think Diana was right. He has too much. Yeah, he's like, nope. He has something really, really good, and instead of sharing it, Instead of giving it away, instead of helping other people, he kept it all for himself. And he said, you know what? These really good things that are happening in my fields and in my vineyards and in my orchards, they're for me. Yeah, he's like, nope, it's not. No, yeah. The, the good things in our life, the good things in our life are not just for us. We're supposed to share them. We're supposed to share them if we have a lot. We're supposed to share them if we have a little. We're supposed to share what we have and use the best things we have for everybody. Now, this also means that the best are the best things for everybody else. Yeah. Are the best things for you? Yes. The best things are for everybody else and the best things are for you. We are all all, all blessed by the good things that God gives. So it's okay to eat, and it's okay to rest, and it's okay to be fed by the wonderful things that God gives you, but also share. Share the things that you have. Share the good things. So I want you to think. I want you to think of that thing that you said you were good at at the beginning. If you didn't say anything out loud, think of the thing that you're good at right now. I want you to think of a way that you can share that with somebody else this week and have a whole lot of fun with it this week yourself too. Share 
and have fun. Think of a way to do both. If you get stuck, ask your parents. They can help you. If you and they get stuck, you can ask me. <laughs> I can help you too. Share and have fun this week. Okay? Okay. All right. Should we say a prayer? Yeah, sure. Let's pray. God, we are thankful because you've given us so many good things. As we see these good things throughout our lives, we ask that we would remember that the good things are for everybody and that we would try to share them as best we can and that we would enjoy what you've given us as well. Thank you for being a God that gives good things to all your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. This, too, is a tricky text, isn't it? In this text, we have what seems like a pretty simple progression, right? Jesus is asked to tell one person to do, <laughs> to do something on behalf of their brother, and Jesus says, you know what, I'm not really here for every little skirmish that you have. That's not really what I do. But then also, Jesus begins to teach, begins to teach. And in this teaching, it relates to the little skirmishes that we have. It relates to the big skirmishes that we have. Jesus begins to teach about someone who has a ton of things, stores them up for himself, and refuses to share. And then we get to those final two lines, which most of our understanding and most of our theological interpretation of this text comes from, right? The two lines at the end are, you fool, don't you know that this very night your life is being demanded of you? You fool, don't you know this very night your life is being demanded of you? How many people understand this you fool language to simply be grabbing our attention? But if you've noticed, there's several instances in our gospel text today where the words are echoing the Ecclesiastes text that we have. Now, they're not all there because we didn't want to read a huge selection of Ecclesiastes. But things like Eat, drink, and be merry. That comes from Ecclesiastes. Things like foolish, or calling people fools, or, as we often translate it, this is vanity. That comes from Ecclesiastes. This idea of one person having all things gathered to himself, oftentimes, 
the wisdom of Solomon and Ecclesiastes is interchangeable. Solomon being the king who had all things gathered to himself. This is, this is a parable and this is a teaching centered around this Ecclesiastes text. This idea that we work all our lives and none of it comes with us and it's left to either the our children or the ones that come after us or whoever grabs it first or whoever. We have this understanding that even in death we don't get to hold the things that we think of as ours. But I think Jesus is taking it one step further. When Jesus says, you fool, you vain person, you hypocrite. Don't you know this very night your life is being demanded of you? I don't think that Jesus in this parable is saying that God is predicting this individual's death. Though it's been preached that way and I think it can be useful that way. I think that not only this night but every night this individual's life is being demanded of him. God demands of us over and over and over again. Not just what we have extra, and not just what we have to spare, but our whole lives. Our offering prayer begins, God, everything in heaven and earth belongs to you. Us, the creation, everything. And so in this, God demands of us again and again our whole lives lives and asks us when we have a bounty and even when we have little, what should we be doing with it? God has done this repeatedly throughout Scripture. If you remember way back with Abraham, way back with Abraham, Abram and Sarah, like at the time Abram and Sarai were walking through and God makes a promise to him, right? I'm Whoever blesses you will be blessed. Whoever curses you will be cursed. And through you, all the families of the world will be blessed. That's the original promise that God made to Abram and Sarai. Later, Abraham and Sarah. And it's interesting, isn't it? God's promise is that, yes, I'm going to bless you. And also, this blessing is meant to be a blessing for others. The same thing happens with Moses later on. God saves Moses from the terrible destruction Pharaoh's creating to all those Hebrew children when he was a child. But it's not just so Moses could lead a wonderful and healthy life and great good for you, Moses. It's Moses is lifted up to share the life that he's been given with all of the Hebrew people. It's even the same with some of those stories that we really like to just imagine. Think of Samson. When was the last time you read the story of Samson, right? Long hair, really powerful, would have been a great weightlifter. Like, Samson's story is all over the place and quite frankly terrible. He's at the end of the book of Judges, and as you go through the book of Judges, it gets worse and worse and worse. So he's, he's not a great guy. But he's given this power for the sake of God's people, not just so he can lift heavy things, He's given this ability to help God's people gather together and to protect God's people. And when inevitably he thinks of this power as his own to give or not to give, it's taken away. 
The things that were given over and over and over again are not ours. They are God's. And the things that were given over and over and over again are not to be treated like ours. They're to be treated like God's. We're stewards. We're caretakers of everything God has. And anything that falls into our hands is not ours. It's the one that gave it to us in the first place. So what do we do? What do we do as Christians in a life where nothing is ours? What do we do as Christians in a life where the good things that we've been given aren't supposed to stay with us? What do we do? I have this exercise every once in a while. I look at my hands and I think of everything I touched over the course of the day. It's kind of a neat exercise. And sometimes, if it's the end of the day and I can't get like oil out of my hands or something like that, I can see everything I touched during the day. But sometimes look at your hands and envision everything you touched over the day and think of every single thing as God's. And then ask yourself, did you treat this thing and did you use this thing the way that God wanted you to? Now, a lot of our things aren't physically touched anymore. We have electronic things. And so sometimes I'll do this exercise with my computer. Look at everything I access on my computer. Look at everything that's on there. Did I use all of this on the screen, all of this on the hard drive, the way that God would use it, the way that God wants it to be used? I'm going to make a caveat here. Because I know there's a few people like me that will hear something like this and be really gung-ho about it and then look at everything I have and look at everything my hand touches and look at everything that's on the screen and then assume that God wants me to give it all the way, almost to the point where I'm not caring for myself. That, too, is wrong. God wants good things for everybody in the whole world, which includes you. God wants good things for everybody that's around you, and that includes you. So there's balance. There's good things for you, and there's good things for your neighbor. There's good things for the stranger, and there's good things for the familiar. There's good things for the foreigner, and there's good things for the citizen. There's good things... And that's what God gives. So think of everything in your power, all of your rights, privileges, and responsibilities. Think of everything your hand touches and think of everything on the screen. Think of it all. And consider what God would have you do. In its abundance, know that part of it was poured out for you. And in its abundance, know that part of it was poured out for your neighbor. Be good stewards. 
and know that today and each day your lives are being demanded of you. God be with you in this demand and God be with you in blessing and abundance. God be with you. Amen.